0: Hey friends, it's DGS for DHP and our special guest today, Mark Von Wald perhaps had the least amount of time to prepare. He took about uh, a few minutes just to look over what we were going to talk about, but the topic was him. So I felt like he would be able to do that kind of off the top of his head. Uh, the, the purpose of the podcast, both with John Schnurr and Mark Von Wald, is just to allow you, the congregation here at Hinson, to get to know one of your newest elders a little bit better. Their story, how, their heart for the church, how you can pray for them. So I hope you are helped as you listen to this conversation between Mark Von Wald and I.
1: Mark, who do you think you are? Mark Von Wald, newest elder of Henson Baptist Church.
0: Newer than John Schnurr? By like three seconds. Congratulations. Thank you. Who are you related to in our congregation? I am husband to Bonnie Von Wald. Bonnie with a B. With a B. Because we have a V, Vonnie, Mm -hmm. and a Bonnie, (laughs)
1: B-O-N-N-I-E. And you have two children. We also have a Bon, Bon Latin as well. Yes, but you're not marrying him. Bonnie and Bonnie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bonnie is my wife. Do not be confused. And then I have two children, Benjamin and Jonathan, eight and four. Where do you live? I live down in Jennings Lodge, technic- technically unincorporated, but it's, I just say it's part of Milwaukee, 20 minutes south of the church. And you mentioned something uh, about what you do. I do. I look like I work for Goodyear, according to my truck and my hat and my clothes. And you really do work for Goodyear? I really do. What work do you for do Goodyear. for him? I'm outside
0: sales for Goodyear commercial tire. So many interesting similarities between you and other newest elder, John Schnur, both salesmen, both Mm -hmm. have two sons. Um, Mm -hmm. I I could keep going, but we'll stop there. He has hair. That's how you can distinguish us. Okay. That's helpful. Uh, Where are you from? Uh, I am from Minnesota. That's wonderful. 12 years removed. So you've been out here in
1: the Pacific Northwest for 12 years. Yes. What brought you out here? I did grad school at Multnomah University, where I did a master's in counseling, as well as a church that uh, we got involved with initially when we moved out here. That was, that church was not Henson. That was not Henson.
0: You didn't come for Henson, but the Lord knew. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Um, so how long have you been at Henson now? Five and a half years.
1: And how's it been? It's been fantastic. What are some of your interests and hobbies? I basically like people. And so that finds myself doing, I find myself doing lots of activities from fly fishing to golf, to watching old black and white movies, to lots of getting coffee and uh, sharing meals with people. Excellent.
0: Um, can I, I'm gonna go back cause you were talking about your family. How did you and Bonnie
1: meet? We met in church history Two with Dr. Davenport. At, at what school? North central university in Minneapolis, Minnesota. What kind of school is that? It is an Assemblies of God school. So you grew up Assemblies of God. I did. Tell us about how you came to Christ. So I was born into a Christian home. And my parents taught me that the most important thing in life is a relationship with Jesus, and I'm very thankful for the foundation that they laid. And then, so growing up in the church, there was a time when I was in middle school that basically I was living the the double life of I knew how to act with my friends at school, I knew how to act at church. I was smart enough to just basically please whoever I was around, but that was my primary motivation. Was like I just wanted to have friends, get you know, along with anybody and everybody church leaders, friends at church, my parents, friends at school, and then God convicted me of my sin. And I praise God for that because I remember there being a time that it became real, that I I understood that Jesus had died for my sins. I would profess that. And then there was a moment when I was in middle school that it really became real. And it actually, there was the power of the Holy Spirit that came into my life and changed, started to change everything about me. And he's been doing that ever since. Did you immediately start speaking in tongues? <laughs> no, no, I did not. Okay. Um,
0: were you baptized? Uh, in water, yes. When when you became a
1: Christian there in middle school? Uh, I was baptized in high school. Okay. Uh, I, th- I believe it was 10th grade. I actually could have been... Baptized earlier, and by God's providence, that never happened because I don't—I would not have been a believer at that time. Mm. And so then it was actually delayed a couple of times for unforeseen circumstances. And so then that was earlier, like in elementary school, when I could have been baptized. Oh, I see. And so then in middle school, I was saved. And then that was and then within a couple of years, I got baptized. Were you immediately discipled in the church? And were you hearing
0: uh, good preaching and teaching to help you grow as a Christian when you were in middle school and high school?
1: Yes and no. (laughs) Talk about that. Um, so i am thankful for people that i grew up with that were sincere in their relationship with jesus love jesus uh Mm. were affirming me in uh the a christian life um but it was very light on the bible it was very emotive Mm. um and so i would say that i didn't know the bible very well but i was being encouraged in following jesus Um, and so there's a lot of it where I praise God that I was hearing salvation through Christ alone Mm -hmm. and my heart was going, yes, that follow that. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it wasn't until I hit college that I started to hear the Bible taught what I would say rightly (laughs) and better. Um, and when I started to hear that, it was the grace of God that, uh, allowed me to hear that and go. That, that is what I need to follow, which continued to lead to change uh, in my life where I think I rightly understand the Bible better. So you were, you were
0: going to school for, were you intending to go into ministry or were you ever serving in some sort of like vocational ministry?
1: I have a four year BA in pastoral studies from the Assemblies of God. Okay. I became a youth pastor upon graduation. And that's uh, during my last semester of college, as I was moving towards graduation, is when I was introduced to more of the reformed thinking of doctrine. And so that, that happened uh, is actually through. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you a condensed version. Bonnie Googled Women in Ministry. We had just met, came across Bonnie wanted to be a pastor. Yes, yes. we both have a 4-year BA in pastoral studies. Uh-huh. So, I happened to sit next to her in church history too. Uh 2 weeks in, she sends me this article uh, in an email from uh, a pastor that was out here and it was on the topic of complementarianism and is that how you guys would kind of romance one another? Is uh,
0: have these kind of email exchanges about women in ministry and theology and church matters?
1: We continue to do that, yes. <laughs> Carry on. Carry on with the story. So I read the article uh, on complementarianism, saw how Paul roots his argument in creation, not in what I had been taught, which was just uh, cultural for the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and by God's grace, I was like, I think he's right. Mm -hmm. And so then that started the trajectory of I need to know more of what this person is teaching, who by God's grace was teaching more biblical theology, Mm -hmm. teaching more. Like that's where I learned the doctrines of grace. Um, and so my view of salvation changed, my view of uh, uh, men and women changed, uh, and amongst pretty much every theological distinction that I had been raised in started to shift, mm-hmm. and that was because I was actually getting to know the Word of God better mm-hmm. and pressing into it. And so I became a youth pastor, mm-hmm. and then six months into being a youth pastor, uh, I was in the position of going, I can't stay here. And so that led me to transition because out because
0: of theological differences, theological that differences that had changed in you. That is correct. Okay. Okay. So it's carry on. Yep. And then, so you left the youth pastorate and then you were like, good year. It's, it's for me." <laughs>
1: no. how do we get here? Uh, never given a contemplative thought towards tires a day in my life outside of my friends saying, Mark, the cords showing out of your tires are not for extra traction when mm-hmm. I was in college. Uh, so, uh, Graduated college, Uh, my wife and I get married. Who became my wife, Bonnie? Mm -hmm. We get married. Uh, We start feeling a a draw to come out here for the church uh, that we were getting this teaching from. I had wanted to do more education because when I was a youth pastor, I felt like my giftings were more in like the small group, one-on-one counseling type dynamics, and so I wanted to pursue that. So I, uh, the church opened up a campus here in Portland, and so. I did the mass That's how I came across Multnomah, Did the masters in counseling there. We got involved with the church here, and then three years in, I graduate or two and a half years, I graduate. The church implodes at that time as well, um, and but also at all at that time, uh, who became my boss asked me to come work for him outside sales as I was graduating because we were about to give birth to Ben. Bonnie was about to give birth to Ben uh, within a couple of months, and so the Lord provided what we needed as we needed it we had to move off campus at multnomah we got a place to live that was just a few blocks away uh i started my job at goodyear and then we had ben and that's how i started my career at goodyear commercial tire
0: and uh thanks to goodyear Goodyear hasn't only helped uh provide for your family in, i mean in terms of your job there but you've mm-hmm. provided a number of other jobs to uh hinson and former hinson members in the last couple of years i've become the new centos that's <laughs> excellent um What, I didn't prepare you for this question, what first struck you and Bonnie about Henson when you first arrived? It was it like churches that you had been a part of before? How is it different, or what stood out to you when you first came? And remind us how many years ago that was.
1: Yep. So Six? five five and a half years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we went from the Assemblies of God mm-hmm. uh, to Mars Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mars Hill collapsed. We became our own autonomous church. Mm-hmm. That church collapsed in a very similar fashion, uh, and that's what led us to walking in the doors of Hinson. And first time walking into Hinson, if I remember correctly, I actually was like. Like, is this going to be a stuffy Baptist church? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then the hospitality that we experienced at Hinson was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. We had like four lunch invites like that first day. Wow. Um, and then in we also, uh, we knew Neil from Mars Hill as well. So mm-hmm. he was like the first one to actually greet us at the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from there, we were actually able to have, at, so with our church collapse that second time, um, we were exploring as a small group, the small group that I was leading at the time, we were exploring churches that we might get involved with. And we were actually able to have Neil and Mark Whitcomb come to our small group and ask them questions. And the first question that one of the people in my small group asked them was, what does it mean to be a Baptist? And so Mark Whitcomb tells me now, like, I was like, I had to back up a little bit because I didn't expect to start there. Yeah. Um, And so first experience was very hospitable. And then immediately one of the most helpful thing that happened was uh we had the weekender within a month and so i went to the weekender and that was the weekender here at henson mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that was my first introduction to clear ecclesiological teaching Mm. and it kind of blew my mind because i was like i've never heard this before and i'm thankful for what i heard
0: um how did you and Bonnie then get plugged in? Uh, and how did you guys find yourself serving at the church as you guys became members?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, first came, uh, I appreciated the policy that the children's ministry had that th- you were supposed to wait six months. I was just been aware of the fact that like churches are usually he- needing child care workers. Mm-hmm. So I like asked about that because we had to, you know, we had young kids. Mm-hmm. Uh we had one young kid at the time, but mm. I was thinking like, okay, well, we can help there. Waited the six months, got involved there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got connected to uh, Jeff Liebert's small group who at the time was uh, John Piverenta was a leader at that time. Mm-hmm. So he got involved with that small group. Um, and then within like a couple of months, he asked me if I wanted to start sitting in on elder meetings. Uh, so I'm thankful for that experience. Cause I, so I've been sitting in on elder meetings for like, five years why would anyone want to do that i love meetings they're the best <laughs> uh, i so one of the other t- I'll, I'll back up a little bit uh when i went to the weekender you got to sit in on another meeting uh-huh. and when i got home uh i was like bonnie the elders one they meet and two they like each other that was a new and, one and it was thing. like whoa this is amazing <laughs> they pray for the church it was great yeah. uh So the reason why I've wanted to do that is that I feel like I've been able to glean from the leadership of our church for the last many years. Mm. And so just sitting in and seeing how the elders process things, pray for things, um, you know, deal with the life of the church um, and you know myself aspiring to elder being an elder um it was just a way that i was just felt very blessed and like a kindness from the lord to be able to learn from you from the rest of the elder team um it just to be able to glean from you guys um what has it been like to serve
0: as an elder so far you you mentioned you're the the newest elder henson (laughs) uh how,
1: how are you doing with this transition it honestly is a joy. Hmm. Um, so I love our church. Um, and so then having aspired to... When I think about like what it means to aspire to elder, there's something in me that goes like, huh, there's something in me that wants to carry responsibility for other people. Hmm. And I think... Lord, I believe that that's you that put that Mm. the desire in my heart. Mm. And so now to be able to walk that out, there is a lot of joy Mm. with thinking about like there, you know, one day I was not an elder. Mm. Uh, I am not being charged by God for the spiritual care and leadership of our church. And now I am walking as an elder. And so there is a weightiness, and I think rightly so, in doing that. Uh, but I'm able to do that with great joy uh, because I want to glorify God ultimately in the work that he's put before me. From your
0: perspective, as I asked the same question to John Schnur, from your perspective as an elder and just in your involvement at Hinson, um, what are some ways you feel
1: like that we can grow as a church? Yeah. Spiritually. Um, a couple of things, and I think that— We've been talking about this. So one, I praise God that I think that this is happening. Um, One way to grow is that it's not our uh, living out what it means to be a Christian is not simply theological and mental, but it is also like our affection for Christ, that it really does change the desires of our heart, that it really is affection. And it involves not just our brain, but our entire self like our mind, our heart, our emotions. Um, And so wanting to see us continue to grow uh, in that way of just our affection for Christ, um, as well as, and this is one of the, goals for the elders to see our church grow in the idea of counseling. And on my end, I just view counseling as another form of discipleship. And so wanting to see the church grow as a whole and just what it means to do the one another's, uh, what it means to care for one another, to love one another, to serve one another. I see us doing that. Uh, The call to die to yourself, to love and serve one another is not an easy call. Mm -hmm. It's like Jesus is saying, come follow me and pick up your cross and, you know, die to yourself and follow me. And so that's something that I think our church will continue need to need to grow. Like long before we're all gone, like our church will need to continue to grow in that hard call of dying to ourselves to love and serve one another out of a heart that really is loving God and loving our neighbor. Mm. And so that's something I think our church needs to continue to grow in. That's great. Um You've, uh, you didn't mention,
0: um, that you had all before you have been serving us as an elder, you served as a deacon, Mm -hmm. you were serving as deacon of benevolence. Is that correct? That is correct. So what does
1: the deacon of benevolence do? So Deacon of Benevolence runs point uh, for when there is financial needs that might come up uh, where we have a benevolence fund. And so our church, this is another way that our church could grow as well. Our church is very generous uh, in giving towards the benevolence fund. We have a very healthy benevolence fund. Our church, it seems that the members of our congregation uh, might have a hard time receiving help. Why do you think that is? That's a good question i think i feel like i need a noodle on that for a little bit
0: it's it, we find it uh easier to give than to receive yeah in some ways yes yeah i think that's true yeah i'm it's, sure there's a, a number of reasons for that but there, one of which is just the natural pride that is mm-hmm. in all of us it's, yeah it's hard to 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 receive help and particularly maybe in the areas of finances because we like to think of ourselves as self-sufficient and being it's a good thing too to feel like you know i mean think of first and second Thessalonians working Mm -hmm. for our needs, you know,
1: working Mm -hmm. for, uh, for a living. As you're talking, it's just making me think, I think there's a feel that people don't want to feel like they're a burden. Uh, yeah. And, and I do think there's a misconception that, uh, presenting a need isn't a burden for the church. Mm -hmm. Like I, it was something that I have been was able to tell people as a deacon of benevolence when I'd walk into situations that were similar to this, mm-hmm. where people were wondering, like, do I really need the help mm-hmm. is to let them know, like, it's a joy for the church to serve one another. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage people, don't, mm-hmm. don't rob your brothers and sisters of the joy of being able to come alongside you and help you. That's a good word. Um, and so, I, so I think there is a dynamic of not wanting to be a burden, mm-hmm. but if you're, if when I think of the word benevolence fund, Mm -hmm. that's not the, well, I needed to like, That's two words think of the phrase benevolence <laughs> fund. <laughs> Carry on. Thank you. Uh, when I think of the idea, of the, I'll keep rephrasing it until people forget that I said that. Uh, so the benevolence fund is not, you need to like sell a kidney and, you know, uh, eat a family pet before you come asking for help. It is, we want to be benevolent with one another. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, there is, there are ways that we do want to call one another towards personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. uh, But when we all will hit hard times and in particular, when we hit something that is financially difficult Mm -hmm. to be able to be open about that and potentially receive help from our brothers and sisters, because Mm -hmm. we want to do that for one another. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How can we pray for you, Mark? I need lots of prayer. (laughs) What about in
0: particular in this, this new, uh, role that you've taken up to serve us as an elder. I mean, you've been seeking you and Bonnie both have been seeking to pour your lives out for the good of the saints here. But uh, you, you, you talked about the, the cost a little bit of mm-hmm. uh, the, the responsibility. And it made me think of uh, what I just happened to read in my devotions this morning in James three, one, not many should become teachers, my brothers, because you know that we will receive a stricter judgment. Um, And then, James goes on to talk about the power of the tongue. Um, You you know, it's a it's a high calling and Mm -hmm. a weighty responsibility to serve as an elder. And I know that's something you and I talked about, you know, as you were considering uh, if you would want to serve in this way. Mm -hmm. We're so glad that you do want to take (laughs) up this this weighty uh, call on your life. Um, How can we be an encouragement and how can we pray for for you in this new, new thing for you?
1: i would ask for prayer that god would continue to strengthen me uh, and provide wisdom for me and even thinking back to how i used to view my relationship with god like i spent a lot of years trying really hard to be awesome trying really hard to be a great christian and what a joy it was to just learn the doctrines of grace and that Christ has already done everything. Mm -hmm. And there is no more for me to do. There is nothing for me to do. Mm -hmm. Christ has already achieved it. Mm -hmm. And so as situations arise, I need to continually remember Mm. that Christ has already done the work Mm -hmm. and for me to rely on God Mm -hmm. and for me to rely on the power of the spirit to enable me to do the work that he set before me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's easy to forget. Mm -hmm. So there are times where situations arise and then I want to go into my own strength and my own wisdom for what I think I have, which Mm -hmm. I don't have anything to offer anybody. Mm -hmm. Like what I have to offer is Christ. Mm -hmm. And so I would ask the congregation for prayer for myself that it would be God who strengthens me to do this work. That's great. Then leads me to love my wife and to love my kids. Like I don't want to lose any of the priorities that uh, are in my life of the sense that it's Christ first, then my wife, then my kids. Than the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that the Lord would lead me in what it means to love uh, in that order
0: and in that priority. And any ways in particular that we could be praying for Bonnie and the boys. Uh, I mean, obviously you wouldn't be able to do this this work mm-hmm. without the help that the Lord has given you in Bonnie in particular and the ways that she comes alongside you, encourages you. Um, in this work, um, and she was willing for you to, (laughs) to, to make the sacrifice, this take up this responsibility. And that means a sacrifice for her too, but even more generally anyways, you can be praying for your family. Um,
1: I would ask for prayer. I know Bonnie's in the uh, women's ministry yeah. and, and one of the teachings, she's teaching uh, a few times over the women's Bible study that they're doing on Wednesdays. So you can be in prayer for my wife that God would lead her in preparing well. Mm-hmm. Um, as we parent uh, our eight-year-old and four-year-old, uh, it just takes time and energy. And both of our boys are very active. Uh, they talk a lot. I think they get that from Bonnie. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so, prayer for strength and grace for bonding myself to love our kids well, to to raise them well, to train them well, um, and for us to serve one another well, like in our home. Amen. So, Mark von Wald,
0: thank you for coming into the Disciple Henson Studio to have this conversation that we might get to know you a little bit better. Thank you for having me. Anytime.